Sit back and imagine. When you think about what the city of the future will look like, what exactly comes to mind? What's the first thing that you see? What do you hope to experience? Who's going to be there and how will they live? For many of us, the vision of what's to come has been shaped by Hollywood movies. A new Just think about the rain-soaked, depressive world that was depicted in the classic 1980s film Blade Runner. These giant airships float overhead, projecting giant advertisements, promising escape from a desolate planet Earth. The masses crowd into filthy streets, while the rich hide in these enormous period-shaped skyscrapers. I was in high school when the movie came out, and I'm sure like you, I really didn't read much into the messages in movies back then. But now, years later, I see Blade Runner plays on American anxieties about the rising power of Japan. The signs are in Japanese, not English. Harrison Ford's character even has trouble ordering dinner from an outdoor food stall. No, four, two, two, four. And noodles. But not every vision of the future city is as depressing as Blade Runner. Do you remember Steven Spielberg's 2002 film, Minority Report? Well, things look much different there. Their city of the future is bright and sunny and happy. The whole place looks like a futuristic shopping mall, and for good reason. Thanks to retinal scanners and artificial intelligence, the advertisements, they already know who you are. Spielberg suggests the convergence of surveillance technology and consumerism that will produce something very close to reality in the near future. Well, Spielberg guessed right. The smart city is no longer relegated to this fantasy world of Hollywood. The prototype for a connected, digitally managed, and monitored city exists right now. Do you have any idea where it's located? It's in a place called Hangzhou, China. I'm America's Digital Pro, Kim Commando. And in this Commando On Demand podcast, we're going to explore the smart cities and ask whether it will actually lead to these nightmare visions of the future that were all depicted by Hollywood movies. I think you're really going to like this podcast. We had fun putting it together. And just a reminder, if you're not already getting my podcast delivered to you automatically, make sure that you subscribe on Apple iTunes or Google Play. And by the way, this podcast is not the Kim Commando Show. You could learn more about the Kim Commando Show podcast by heading over to GetKim.com. That's GetKim.com. Kim Commando is brought to you in part by HelloFresh. Delicious meals at home in under 30 minutes. Start today at HelloFresh.com slash Kim. For over a year, the 9 million residents of Hangzhou were monitored 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Their activities on the internet, their purchases, even their movements were uploaded to a giant artificial network built by some of China's biggest tech companies. They actually called it City Brain, and the system is able to manage water supplies, traffic lights, and even the sizes of crowds. It's been hailed as a remarkable success by the Chinese government. Traffic congestion, accidents, and crime, well, the government says it's all down. The government plans now to use City Brain in other cities soon. The Chinese aren't alone in creating this new so-called smart city. Similar projects are already underway in North America and, of course, in Europe. We have an opportunity to fundamentally redefine 
what urban life can actually be. What we hope Torontonians will see is a place that they can be incredibly proud of. Toronto has a pulse. Toronto has a vibe to it that many other cities don't have. This city is becoming quite world-renowned now. And so with that comes that opportunity to lead. So I would love to see us take the reins and become that place that helps people to connect. That's part of a promotional video produced by a company called Sidewalk Labs. It's actually part of Google. And its founding mission is to develop technology to improve urban life. Well, that's their slogan. The company is headed by the former deputy mayor of New York City, Daniel Doktoroff. Sidewalk Labs has started its most ambitious project to date. I definitely needed to know more about it. It signed a partnership agreement with the city of Toronto. And, you know, when it comes to real estate, you know the old slogan, location, location, location. Well, this one is right on the water. So it would start off with basically being a three-block neighborhood um, that they would test out a bunch of technology, sort of urban-based technology. That's David Ryder. He's the City Hall reporter for the Toronto Star. So the examples of things they're talking about is obviously super fast um, broadband. They're talking about um, really having very low private car usage, as low as 20% or less. Um, and to facilitate that, you would have uh, self-driving cars uh, and possibly self-driving buses that would come in and out of the district but wouldn't sort of park and sit there. So tell me more, David. What are some of the other promises of Sidewalk Labs? So they're, they're saying that this isn't about the technology, this is about solving a lot of problems. And the other big one they're saying is the cost of living in cities. Toronto is a high-cost city compared to, a lot, uh, compared to many others. They're saying we think we can, with new building materials, new ways of doing things, that we can cut, significantly cut the cost of having a family in a downtown place like Toronto. Maybe you don't know this, but Toronto was selected on purpose. It's the fourth largest city in North America, right after Mexico City, New York, and Los Angeles. The underdeveloped waterfront is the perfect place for Google to experiment with new technologies like self-driving cars and buses and internet-connected homes. The city has jumped at the opportunity to partner with one of the biggest tech companies in the world. But as you might expect, not everyone's thrilled with the idea. Toronto's met, met this whole thing with a mixture of excitement because, wow, Google's this huge company and we're this city in Canada and they're really taking notice of it. And at the same time, there's a lot of fear about, like, are they going to like take over our land or are, is this, are we going to become some tech city where our data is all up for grabs and even if we want it or not? What else have you heard on the street about this project? What is Toronto doing? You're handing over, you know, your real estate and basically the kind of the lives of your citizens to this tech giant. And that in exchange for your data, they want to uh, promise innovation. But really, at the end of the day, they're going to try and change all your rules. So all of a sudden, you know, if we want approval for zoning in a city neighborhood, we're going to have to go to Google and say, is this OK? OK, I get that. How much of this plan has been worked out? Sidewalk is saying that they're going to spend up to $50 million of their own money on what this would be and what the actual agreement going forward would be. The agreement they have right now is kind of like, let's talk and do a dance for a year and try and come up with a joint plan that we would take back to the board of of, uh, Sidewalk and the board of Waterfront and hopefully proceed. So there's a little bit or maybe there's a lot of secrecy around this project. 
they do almost everything behind closed doors and then they come out and they do a vote and you really as a spectator like me you're kind of like you don't really even know what they're talking about because you missed the three hours of closed door meetings because i started hearing a lot of people saying like this might not be exactly what they're selling it as i asked for the legal agreement and the immediate response was no you're not going to get any of it because we both sides have agreed and there's big money being poured into sidewalk labs toronto project But getting specifics about what they plan to do is really difficult. All you end up with is the same kind of impressive-sounding techno-mumbo-jumbo jargon that we already heard in the promotional video. Sidewalk Labs is using technology as a way of enhancing human interaction, enhancing community, bringing us closer together, supporting the activities of our daily lives in ways that take away a lot of the barriers that separates us. Bringing people together enhancing human interaction? Who could be opposed to such noble ideas? But what does a connected smart city really mean in practice? Well, stay right where you are. I'm going to tell you what it's like to live in a smart city, and we're going to answer more of your questions. Home isn't just a place. It's a feeling. Whether you're at home, your business, or online, ADT helps keep you safe. With security systems, home automation, alarms, and surveillance. So you can feel at home, wherever you are. Go to ADT.com to get that feeling. ADT. Home. Safe. Home. Robert Cowley is a lecturer at King's College London and coordinator of a large research project on smart eco-cities in Europe and China. Okay, I mean, the basic definition of a smart city is uh, uh, to do with the ambition of using digital technology to make urban life more efficient, uh, cities more livable. Taking it slightly further, the digital vision has also sort of crept into the green city vision quite recently um, in a big way. So we got this smart eco concept. So in researching this podcast, Robert, the debate about smart cities seems to break down into, say, two camps. They're either for it or against it. Have you seen the same thing? I'd sort of look back at the earliest commentaries on the smart city when the idea came up a few years ago, and they tended to fall into two strands, the first of which was very, very uh, celebratory. And you could think of that as quite naive. Um, The other strand was always very critical. So which is really correct? Technology is always political in ways that we might not expect. I think we we do need to accept and sort of be optimistic about potential for digital, other high-tech innovations, really to make significant positive changes to cities, environmentally boosting local economies and all all types of issues around livability and social sustainability. That may be true, but when I hear about a city in China where every single citizen's movements and activities are tracked 24-7, Um, I get a little nervous. They're not trying to sort of set up the smart city in order to uh, broaden democracy or or even really to set up a free market economy. It's um, to do with boosting their own economy, so almost to strengthen the party's power and to sort of achieve uh, urbanization, the move into cities harmoniously. So China's idea of a smart city may not be the same as a smart city in North America. That said... Isn't it worrying to have a big corporation like Google designing and managing an entire city neighborhood? 
the earlier corporate visions of the smart city were very technocratic and frightening. But I think as it's moved into uh, ideas that local authorities have uh, in the West, they now talk the language very much of things being citizen-centric, people-centric. So how will that work? We don't live in China. We don't live in authoritarian countries. But let's just be alert to the way that new modes of living and new technologies might reposition us as citizens. I guess new sort of norms and values are introduced. Certain things are valorized and other things are ignored. I can see why city governments are so eager to use this technology. The promise that computers can reduce traffic congestion is incredibly appealing to anyone who commutes to work. Yeah, I mean, we we all want things to be uh, efficient, I guess, rather than congested and dysfunctional. Um, And that's that's an appeal. And when when that's tied into a potential to use resources more efficiently, it's quite appealing at a time of budget cuts. I'm sure you've heard of Sidewalk Labs and their whole plan for Toronto. What do you think about it? I'm not sure that this is quite enough to do these sort of experimental projects in the hope of them scaling up. And actually, let's let's have some more significant goals in place. Let's at least try and marry this with traditional processes of institutional decision making to try and get some sort of concrete goals at the end. There are a lot of optimistic predictions about what a smart city can accomplish. Of course, there's always less crime, less traffic, less pollution. Many people seem willing to just hand over control to a company like Google. Well, I think it's slightly shocking, actually, that you see that they're intervening into areas of action which would traditionally have been planned and managed by local authorities. So the idea that these could be easily handed over to to a big tech company is is, is clearly problematic. Um, And sorting them out isn't just a matter of a, a techno fix. So you're being very cautious, but you're not opposed to the idea of a smart city. What do you think is the most important thing we should be focused on in this debate? Well, the number number one thing that I'd want to do would be to get more public engagement in the whole debates around the digital future. So there, there is a sort of visibility problem um, at the same time that you've got large corporations with lots of money and policymakers backing it all over the place. It seems to me that there isn't a silver bullet for problems like overcrowding and affordable housing. Technology just isn't going to fix those issues overnight. There is lots of potential there to make cities um, easier to live in and more efficient and fun and less polluted. Um, but let's let's also at the same time not forget about the deeper social questions. Is it enough just to make sure everyone's connected to the Internet uh, rather than thinking about some of the structural issues which, which, which underlie it all? Smart technologies are coming to your city very soon. Artificial intelligence-controlled traffic networks They promise to reduce your commute to work. Then, of course, news about self-driving cars and buses, it's all over. They're going to help and cut down on the number of cars on the road and the pollution they produce. And then, of course, Internet-connected homes and apartments constructed with sustainable power and water supplies that will make urban living much more affordable. These are all the promises, the potentially good outcomes to smart cities. But there's always the other side of the coin. There are plenty of negatives, too. For instance, constant monitoring by facial recognition software connected to these closed-circuit television networks known as CCTV. It could definitely make privacy a thing of the past. And then, of course, allowing a mega-corporation like Google to take over the management of a city could be a real threat. The key to a smart city is right in front of us. We have to keep our eye on the politicians. We have to keep our eyes on the corporations, the money trains. Who's all advocating for this smart city and what are they going to get out of it? 
We have to guide the transformation, but we have to be smart about it. Thanks for listening to this Commando On Demand podcast. And just a reminder, if you're not already getting my podcast delivered to you automatically, make sure that you subscribe on Apple iTunes or Google Play. And by the way, this podcast is not the Kim Commando Show. You could learn more about the Kim Commando Show podcast by heading over to getkim.com. That's getkim.com. And to listen to my show wherever you may be all across America, go to commando.com slash radio. You have to check blind spots to drive safely, right? Same thing goes for identity theft protection. If you just monitor your credit, you might miss something, like your info for sale on the dark web. LifeLock detects a wider range of identity threats to help protect your identity. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock offers visibility you might not get on your own. Membership starts at $9.99 a month, plus applicable taxes. Go to LifeLock.com. Use promo code KIM to save 10%.